Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, your number one sports podcast. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP. Since the last time you saw us, which was yesterday, tonight, the Miami Heat stood on business. The Clippers figure it out against the struggling Spurs, and the Super Bowl rematch was everything that we wanted and possibly more. Super Bowl rematch was everything we wanted and possibly more. I had to reiterate that because I didn't say it right the first time, but I also had to reiterate that because I had to emphasize it. Thanksgiving week, I'm joined by the usual accomplice, June, small town June is what we're going to do now. <laughs> Mr. Heat M5 himself, Wait, Julian, called everything but late for Friendsgiving this week, you heard? Yes, sir. <laughs> What's good, bro? I'm all right, man. I can't complain. I can, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to lie. We're here. I, got a, I got my third Friendsgiving of the year tomorrow. <laughs> in here so i'm gonna be back here tomorrow we won't be recording anything live but uh i will be eating good and i might have myself a nice drink or two i got work on wednesday so we got to keep it you know what i'm saying keep it responsible thousand percent thousand percent thousand percent let's get right into it we did speak before we get into this monday night review we did speak yesterday about brandon staley and uh how hot his coaching seat is and after a couple of uh, mediocre performances, mediocre coaching performances to be exact this week, there's probably a couple coaches on the hot seat right now. Outside of Brandon Staley, June, what are some other coaches that you see should uh, either be fired soon or by the end of the season? EP, I know you said, I know you said, Outside of Brandon Staley, <laughs> if I'm, I'm going to have an opportunity to get my hate off, bro, I'm going to get my hate off. Um, we just got to revisit for those who weren't listening Monday. You know what I'm saying? And if you were, I appreciate you. But I'm, I'm going to revisit uh, the disastrous performance. And that was with Chargers defense. And, you know, the guy who's calling plays over there, his name is Brandon Staley. He's the head coach of the Chargers. He, to me, has to go, has to go. For this team to get where it needs to be and have their quarterback play to the Hall of Fame level, in Rex Ryan's words, because he said this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think Justin Herbert can totally have a Hall of Fame career if coached properly and and um, in the right you know system. Brandon Staley is doing such a disservice to that Chargers team. Um, another quote from Rex Ryan, because me and Rex Ryan, we're not friends. We don't know each other personally. I mean, uh-huh. I know Rex Ryan. He don't know me. But where we where we do understand each other is 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 our hate for Coach Brandon Staley. And I'll quote Rex Ryan this morning on Get Up. He said he needs to go back to Division Three football where he belongs. And every time Rex, like every time Get Up is talking about the Chargers and that coach. Rex Ryan has choice words, and he doesn't stand back. He doesn't hold it. He lets it be known. He does not think this guy is good enough to coach in the NFL. Like he said, when Brandon Staley was coaching, when he took over that job for a team that my wife could have coached, hell, my wife would have done a better job. Oh, God. Like that's not just, you know, analysts. That's not, you know, he's not just giving his thoughts. That's him ripping Brandon Staley and, and trying to like disrespect Brandon Staley. And if everybody knows Rex Ryan, he is a talk uh, shit talker. You know, he's a he's a mouthy guy. Pause. You know, he's going to he's going to say what he wants and say what's on his chest. And that's one reason I love watching him on Get Up. But he, he tells nothing but the truth. 
uh, about Brandon Staley and, and how bad of, of a job he's done with this defense. It's the second highest paid defense and the second worst ranked defense in the league. I will leave it at that. My pick for this topic, since you said outside of Brandon Staley, I think it's got to be Frank Reich. And it's a bit unfair, the situation that he's kind of in right now, because, you know, he 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 did have one of the worst teams in the league. They did trade a lot to go and get their quarterback. But the fact of the matter is that they're sitting at one and eight. And throughout this year, he's had to give up his play calling duties to another coach and then take them back. I've never, I don't know that I've seen that before where a coach is like, you know what, man, listen, I don't got it. And then he's like, All right, I ain't gonna lie, fam. <laughs> you ain't got that <laughs> shit neither. Let me, let, me get that, let me get that back. <laughs> let me get that back because I thought it was better over there. And um, yeah, I think Frank Reich is, is the main culprit. You know, he's the one making the big decisions and there's gonna have to be some sort of person to blame or, you know, where we're gonna look towards when things are this bad. Do I think he gets fired this season? I can't promise he does because, again, like I said, the Panthers, they're not the most well-put-together team. They have talent, Brian Burns, Adam Thielen. Uh, they draft Bryce Young, sign a Miles Sanders. You know, there, there's some talent over there, Derek Brown in the interior. But they're far from complete. They don't have enough weapons. And ever since Christian McCaffrey left, the Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey thing has just been downhill for this team. So um, – they have the third worst offense in the league. And I think that if they don't maybe get out of that bottom five by the end of the year, we might see Frank Wright gone or get another win on, the, you know, like you don't want to see your team going one and one in 15, you know, or one in 16. Like that. that's so, you know, and understanding also that you don't have your first round pick. So it's not like you're playing tank. You know what I'm saying? That's not the goal here. The, the Panthers goal was never to tank this year. This is a bad football team. And it looks like like the Washington Wizards of the NFL, if you will. So um, I, I'll go with Frank Reich. I love that you – yeah, we we good, man, because I love that you just said the Washington Wizards because I'm going to take it to Washington, but just not in that same sport. We're going to keep it in football, and I'm going to say the commanders, Mr. Ron Rivera. I don't – I think the owner – honestly, I think the only reason that – he was not fired today is because they have to play on Thursday. So like, I can't fire you while we have a game in like three days. Honestly, if you're asking me, just nothing seems to click. You're making my man be enemy over there. Look really bad. And I don't even, I want to say you, but Sam Howell yesterday, three picks as a team, six turnovers, you lose to the New York giants yeah. to a tune of 31 to 19 at the crib, you've lost four games at home and have managed to just screw. Who was the who was their sole win at home? The Commanders. I have to I have to see this because oh, week one, the Cardinals. Ha ha ha. Yeah, cool. All right, yeah. Um, and I believe, yeah, twenty to sixteen. You barely beat the Cardinals. And granted, it was week one. We didn't really know what we, what we were going to see from the Cardinals in the first you know four or five weeks. We didn't know it was going to be up. that bad. You know what I mean. Um, but it was, and you know, kudos to you. You got the, you got that win off in week one where you should at the crib in the, in the home season, home and season right. opener. But again, Ron Rivera needs to get out of there. I, I don't want to say get rid of my man's be enemy as well. Cause it's just the, the, the chemistry is just not there, man. It's just, it's not there. I don't know if it's a Ron Rivera thing. 
it's definitely have to do with Sam Howell. I'm sorry, you're not him. You're not that guy. Yeah. Well, and the, the, say, listen, Sam Howell coming into week 11, leading the league in passing yards. I'm going to just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's not necessary. And I'm all for the Sam Howell hate. I love the kid. You know, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback. I'll give him that. But he's a UNC guy. I've seen him too many times throw the U down. So it's fuck him. Fuck him. And, and I don't care. So I get what you're saying. Like, although he has that many passing yards, we see stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? We see stuff like this on Sunday that, that just is inexcusable. Six turnovers is crazy. And I don't know if you were finished or not. I'll let you get back into your point. But <clears throat> this isn't the first season Ron Rivera. You know, this is Frank Reich's first year in Carolina, which is why I gave him a little more slack. Ron Rivera has a 26-33-1 record with this Washington Commanders team. And there hasn't been, to me, from my recollection, like a positive vibe. Everything has kind of been super, like, down, a little negative. There was the Carson Wentz situation where he didn't know if he should start Howell or Wentz last year. And, like, it was just too much going on. Then to start the season, the enemy's under heat because he's like a hard coach. And mind you, this is a guy who's won a Super Bowl and been with a, you know, great franchise. Yeah, there's going to be some fucking change and, and things are going to feel different and it'll be a little uncomfortable when we're trying to turn things into winning ways. So I do think ultimately, I'll let you finish, but Ron Rivera um, should be on the way out as well. I, I hope Absolutely. Absolutely. And shout out, to, shout out to the boy Ray in the chat right now. Uh, mentioning that it's crazy because Redskins O-line so trash. Don't know how he has that many passing yards either. He's making it happen, but they're just not winning. They're four and seven on the season. They've lost, if I'm not mistaken, like six out of their last eight games. Uh, correction. Four out of their last five games they've lost. It's it's just not looking good. It's not looking good. Ron Rivera should be out of there again. I think that they kept them because, uh, at least for this week, because they have a game on Thursday and you can't have yeah. a turnaround that quick with a new head coach. And frankly, you know, I hate to bring race into it, but uh, they're not going to put the enemy at the head of it because obvious reasons. His predecessors that were in Kansas City with him both have had coaching jobs at this point, and he does not. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. Ron Rivera... The fuck out of Washington, buddy. <laughs> Don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Send me away. Send me away. Oh my God. Speaking of the enemy, his old team had a mm -hmm. hell of a match tonight. Monday night, Super Bowl rematch. Philadelphia Eagles travel over to Arrowhead to play the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, what a game it was. It's everything that we expected from a Super Bowl rematch. It's everything that we expected from the top two teams in the league and each yeah. conference respectively as well. It came down to some mistakes as we figured, as we spoke about in the group chat earlier, whoever made the mistakes that you know weren't supposed to be made would ultimately lose the game and whoever took advantage of those mistakes would ultimately, ultimately win the game. Drop passes and fumbles is really the, the story of this rematch, June. I'm a little heartbroken, man. I am. We looked great in for three quarters, we being the Chiefs. And in those last, I want to say, 17 minutes, because I will add a little bit of that third quarter into it, Philadelphia just showed a little more heart and a little more effort and a little more is all they needed. Final score, 
21 to 17. What a rematch. What are some takeaways that you brought from this, June? I'll give you mine right after yours. Pause. I just <laughs> that was crazy. I want to congratulate Philadelphia, honestly. I'm not even being funny. I mean, sitting at nine and one at this point of the season, they did this last year and went to the Super Bowl. Facts. There is no Facts. sign of any type of Super Bowl, you know, slump or whatever the case, you know, coming off that Super Bowl loss. Like they don't necessarily look better. I think last year they were very firepowered and things were a little more exciting in Philadelphia last year as far as how it looked. But this team is grittier, right? This team, I think, has a better defense. And I we clearly see that they are equipped enough to go and beat a team like Kansas City and not only beat them, but hold them to 17 and zero in the second half, right? Um when I mentioned grit, Jalen Hurts was sacked five times. And those are all first half sacks. So, like, the Chiefs, the problem with the Chiefs, I'll talk about them in a second, but they're like a half-by-half half team. You don't know what you're going to get, like that Dolphins game and then this week. But with this Eagles team, the defense, they only got to Mahomes one time. They only got one sack on Mahomes. Only got two tackles for loss against the Chiefs defense who who got nine tackles for losses with five sacks. Um they both had a pick, right? Sneed and Byard. And Byard is going to be, to me, one of the X factors for Philadelphia in the playoffs because he's a vet, right? This guy knows where he's supposed to be at all time. And he's not only a vet, he's an all-pro caliber player. This is a, a big pick Howie Roseman got uh, at the deadline. And he understood what this defense needed. And I think that was the final piece. I say final piece, but you know, obviously they could they could have more help on defense. We're not going to be oblivious to that. But the simple fact that their front seven is, and and specifically that defensive line is so strong, it's going to help out that back. And now you have a veteran leader like Kevin Byard who had all that energy and and talent being kind of wasted in Tennessee. And we're getting to see that, hey, Mahomes did throw a bad throw on that interception, I will say, to Justin Watson. Super bad. Byer was beat. Byer was great beat. Players, great players make great plays, and, and he took advantage of that. We saw a couple interceptions dropped this weekend. You know how DBs do. So, you know, I, 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 look, at, I look at that, and, and to me it's like going back to that Kansas City Chiefs team, man, on offense – it's it's too inconsistent for me to think that they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. Now, are they are they a top? Yeah, are they are they one of the favorites for sure? But like, you're gonna tell me that this team can beat Baltimore in an AFC Championship game right now? Ah, pump your brakes, in my opinion. So, um, on the other hand, Philly showed that they are in fact the best team in the NFC, and. Don't look too fast. The best team in the NFL. Because who's going to beat Philadelphia at this point? And the Lions can do it. The Ravens possibly can do it. But we're going to have to see it. Because the Eagles are showing that. 9-1 and one with with Hurts, who is coming off of, you know, he has that bum knee from week seven that he's never sat out a game for, but it's been bothering him. I think resilience is the, is the name of the game in this one. 150 passing yards and an interception from Hurts, but going out and getting two rushing touchdowns, uh, putting some put some some passes on the money to Devontae Smith. Shout out to Araf, my brother-in-law. He uh, he was like, yo, I think Devontae Smith's going to be the guy tonight because, you know, A.J. Brown's going to get that double team, all that, you know, excessive coverage. 
excess, excessive coverage, and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to leave Devontae Smith. So, yeah, six catches for 100%. 99 yards. I know the group chat was saying the over on A.J. Brown's receptions. Y'all got to take that loss. Y'all got to take that loss on the chest. One catch, eight yards this is by far the worst game of his season. And I know 100%. that the Chiefs made it a point, made it a point to say, listen, I don't care what y'all do out there. A.J. Brown does not impact this game today. Does not impact this game. And it was just a great game plan um, from Philadelphia to just be able to overcome all of that and all the mishaps and be able to uh, to come out with a victory. Oh, facts, facts. Drop passes, MVS. <laughs> and this is someone that people love to hate and I love to praise, I'm not going to lie, because he's coming clutch when he's needed to come in clutch. But talk about, you know, breadbasket, bro. It, the dot was thrown, it was in your hands, and and you fumbled. You know, literally, you fumbled. That can't happen. You at at, a, at this professional level and the biggest game of the season. Because before the game started, I was talking to my girl and I was like, "Babe, this is the biggest game of the season for for Kansas City. Like, we need this more than anything. A win here would be a statement." And honestly. Right. We love to talk about NFL scripts. I think the script is set perfectly at this point. <laughs> um, MV, like I said, MVS dropping that pass killed me. The Mahomes interception, again, it was horrible throw. Great read by Byard, but it was a horrible throw. You yeah. gotta you gotta lead Watson into that corner, bro, because you throw it behind them on that on that post route, and it wasn't it was a crossing post route it's it's going to get picked eight out of ten times. It really is. You can't underthrow a pick like that in, in, in between the hash marks, bro, because it's, <clears throat> it's going to result yeah. into something I, like that. We heard that this game was going to be rainy and kind of sloppy. I mean, Patrick Mahomes throws for 177 yards. Jalen Hurts throws for 150. Um, they both throw an interception. So we saw some of that. What I like as well is that Justin Watson is slowly becoming one of his favorite targets. And whether that's because you got guys like Kadarius Tony and guys like MVS who don't necessarily know how to hold on to the ball, um, you got to give credit to where, you know, where it's due. And Justin Watson having uh, a solid day, not for, you know, for what it's worth, a solid day um, in the field. But uh, MVS, three targets, no catches. Unacceptable. unacceptable unacceptable you got you got three targets no catches and then a target for noah gray which probably was a bullshit throw but yeah man i mean I, again you taking 26 yards loss on five sacks for philly and and still being able to figure out a way to to uh to come out victorious on the road in the wet weather in the cold mm-hmm. It's like you said, man, it's a statement. This is a statement game for Philly. Uh, and they showed that, hey, you know, the Super Bowl wasn't a fluke. The better team won that night in February. But we might be the better team right now. And that's what matters. So big shout out to my defense, man. A lot of a lot of criticism. They were faced with a lot of criticism last year and even in the Super Bowl about discipline, making the right read. Shout out to this young group of guys, man. Chris Jones today. Thank God he resigned. <laughs> Thank God he resigned. Two sacks, uh, four tackles for a loss. Trent McDuffie, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. I'm not going to let you live this down. 
my boy George Karloftis, a sack, two solo tackles, a part of three tackles by himself. I mean, the defense is just executing. They're getting yeah. to do they're, – they're doing what they need to do. But, again, it's – this season, it's interestingly enough, it's it's like the tables have turned, how to turn tables. and, and the defense turn is, tables. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the defense is getting it done, and, and the Chiefs are just yeah. going through these spurts where, like, we're not scoring – and for for you know thirty minutes at a time, and, and yeah. that's absolutely unacceptable. I so, I, I don't. I, there's no excuse. There's no. You don't have a number one receiver. None of that. There, there's no yeah. excuse for any of that. We have a group of guys that can get the job done, and tonight didn't get the job done. Yeah, I, I just two more things before we move on. Philadelphia. If you told me Philadelphia was going to have twenty one points on Jalen Hurts. Uh, 29 yards rushing and 150 yards throwing no touchdowns. I would have, I, I would have took the chiefs every single time. You know what I'm saying? Now, what is it with your offense that is kind of withholding you from, from scoring, you know, in these halves? Like, again, I mentioned that dolphins game because the dolphins have a solid defense and guess what? When you get to the playoffs, all you're going to play is good defenses. You know, the teams that earn their right to be there are going to be there. And so earlier in the season, we spoke, and I think Kev was on with us. We were just talking about the Super Bowl favorite, and you're kind of saying, like, you know, it's got to be KC in the AFC because, you know, it's us till it ain't. And I respect that. And you guys are sitting at 7-3. and three. You know, you guys could have went 8-2 and two tonight. Uh, very much so, but the reality is you're seven and three, and that's still a great spot to be in at this point in the season. Um, you know, it's nothing you take away from Casey, but it's concerning when you see the way games are going because the Dolphins game could have been a loss. It could, and, and it's not. I'm not going there as far as oh, what if it was? It's not about what if it was. It's that it really could have been had Tua. Maybe not miss Jeff Wilson or or I forget who that was over the top when they had that wide open touchdown he missed and then fumbled on the last play of the game. But you go and not score again in the second half against a good team, and look what happens. You know what I'm saying? Granted, MVS had the opportunity. You guys put yourself in position to take the lead late, but you didn't execute, and that's ultimately what matters. So what has to change for the Chiefs offense to be able to sustain themselves through four quarters of games and make another Super Bowl run? That's my question to you. I mean... You don't got the answer? That's fine. I, I didn't yeah, honestly. Honestly, I, I, I don't have the answer because I'm. I, it's baffled me, these stretches of, of scoreless quarters that we're going through when we have a guy by the name of Travis Kelsey, you know, we have Miko Hardman back from New York. You know, we have Kadarius Tony. Honestly, we have MVS as well because we're honestly so disappointed in him because we know what he's capable of. So we have a group of guys that can get the job done. I don't care about number one receiver. We'll address that in the offseason. We don't have time to address that at this point. We missed that window a couple of weeks ago. You know what yeah. I mean? So at this point, you work with what you got. And you fucking try to make it work. I this this is you right now, E. This is you right now. Why don't you empower yourself and don't need them and do it yourself? You ain't got the 
No cap, no cap, bro. Yeah, no cap, bro. He said, I've been doing this morning. That was one of the most disrespectful moments in the interview. Um, Don't ever disrespect Sway Calloway like that. A big shout out to Jalen Hurts, man. The guy is, as you were saying, resilient. Got that dog in him. He does what it what it takes to to get the job done. At the end of the day, yeah. bum bum knee, bum ankle, five sacks, interception. Doesn't matter. He's poised. He stays in the game. Even when he looks rattled, I think it's just a poker face. He's not. He's not really rattled. Definitely. He's just some. These are just some shades, bro. And we and, and we go, we go get that right back. We gonna get that right back, man. But definitely big shots to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, biggest game of the season. I think for both teams, honestly, they definitely both had they both had this game circled. I can guarantee you that. Um, I don't know. Hey, hey, this is the first game. First game uh, without the Swifty in the stands. Who knows? Maybe she's a good luck charm. I don't know. You know. Hey man, <laughs> hey, man listen. We'll we'll stay with football for right now. This draft order is getting very interesting, and. As each game passes, we're seeing obviously the up the updates. It's changing. It's moving here. It's moving there. Carolina still has the worst record in the league, which means they have the first overall pick. But they owe that shit to Chicago, which is very funny. So Chicago could, as of right now, not could, but as of right now, if the draft was happening tonight or tomorrow, Chicago would have the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick. With Arizona at two, New England at three, which is, I, I don't remember the last time that we saw New England so high in the draft order. The Giants at five, Tennessee at six, Washington at seven. Who do you think will be able to address their biggest needs? I would say at least in those top fives, seeing at Chicago. I say top six and Chicago has two picks. I can't, I can't even put top it's five tough, because bro. it's really just it's, four. It's tough because, I mean, it's not tough. It, it, it's The thing is, Whoever gets Caleb Williams, you got to imagine is like we we at least got half of the shit we got to figure out figured out. And Caleb Williams might come in the league and struggle like Bryce Young did. I think everybody thought Bryce Young was going to come in here and maybe even do what CJ Stroud is doing. Um, and that's certainly not the case. I don't think Bryce Young and and Caleb Williams are are the same. You know, first of all, Caleb Williams. Bryce Young always had the issue with the size. Pause. Like, you know, being five, under six feet tall as an NFL quarterback or six feet as a quarterback, you got to be really, really, really good. You got to be really smart and really accurate. And Bryce Young is all three of those. It's going to take him some time. You know, Drew Brees wasn't best quarterback in his rookie season. Um, fortunately for Drew Brees, he played under Norv Turner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and and that offense over there, Schottenheimer, it's just so. Frank Reich isn't the guy for Bryce Young, is maybe what I'm getting at. That's not your question. Caleb Williams can come into the league and have an impact, CJ Stroud like impact next year. So, whether that be the Bears and they move on from Justin Fields, and if that's a two for one where the team that Justin Fields gets traded to kind of. They answer some of their problems because I don't think Justin Fields is a bust. You know, I'm not going to go there. I think that he's not maybe as good as some people thought he would or the Bears thought he would be as a true passing quarterback. But um, the the vert the jury what is it the jury's still out? You know, mm-hmm. on Justin Fields, 
But Caleb Williams, to me, whoever gets to land Caleb Williams, I think solves a lot of that team's issues. Thousand percent. I I I think I think Caleb obviously he's not in the league yet, so the verdict is still out on him as well. Him being Caleb Williams, I'm excited to see him in the NFL at a different caliber. We've seen again, we've seen players come in balling out of college most recently and struggle in the league. I don't know how well his game will transition into the NFL. I would be a little higher on UCLA's um, QB personally in the league, or um, I'm sorry, Washington's quarterback uh, Penix in the league more. I don't know. I just like left-handed quarterbacks, even though it's a curse personally. Um, I just, I don't know how well Caleb Williams' game is going to transition. I don't know how well any 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 of these guys' games are going to transition. That's why, you know. spicy, bro. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not here to defend you right now. That's all I'm going to say. They choke case. Never, never needed nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. Never needed all right, all right. nothing. All We're right. going to come back. So, look, it's, it's November 20th, Thanksgiving week, and we're going to come back. We're going to come back to this probably around this time next year. Maybe week eight, maybe week seven, maybe week nine. But around like this time that. next year, we like will that. revisit the Caleb Williams hate in which you dismantled. <laughs> uh, if, if that even makes sense. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Oh, man. Listen, don't look now. But the Denver Broncos whoo, have won four straight, including to the Chiefs and to the Bills, along with the Packers and the Vikings, of course. But they won four straight, second in the AFC West, about two games behind Kansas City. What do we do with Denver, man? What does Denver do? Do we, do we, is it, are we crediting this win, this win streak, their success recently, more to Sean Payton, or are we crediting it more to Russell Wilson's game management, June? So real quick, I said dismantled. I don't know where my mind was. I meant to say displayed. It happens. All right. I've been talking all day. But I don't want to be unfair to anybody in the Broncos organization because you could also say maybe it's fucking Cortland Sutton for catching everything that's being thrown his way, right, and, and winning games for this team. But I think that they're putting together a good game plan week in and week out. And they're not playing up. They're not playing down to their opponents. They're un- they're they're playing from like a humble position, <clears throat> and they understand that they got to win games. The job is getting done. That's all that matters. So no disrespect to you, but I don't care who it is, whether it's Sean Payton, whether it's <clears throat> the front office. You know, now serves breakfast until twelve. I don't know what happened in Denver, but the transition of the Nathaniel Hackett era to the Sean Payton era in which he's kind of publicly embarrassed the team at certain points to the Russell Wilson saga of he's washed. Pete Carroll is the reason he ever was good in his career. Every just calm down. Everybody calm down. And I'm part of that. Everybody. So I'm talking to me in third person as well, but calm down. I told you last week, it's a long season, bro. We got a lot of football left this year and we don't know how the dolphins are going to finish. 
We don't know how the Colts are going to finish. We don't know how the Bills are going to finish. We know how the Jets are going to finish because they're going to keep losing with that fucking offense. But we don't know how a lot of these AFC teams are going to finish. And the Denver Broncos, you just told me yesterday that who's last in the AFC West? The Chargers, right? Not the Broncos. You would think, based on the way shit's going this season, that the Broncos probably were the worst team in that division. It's not the case. Which is another reason why Brandon Staley should be getting fired. But <laughs> but this Denver Broncos team is just piling wins. They're they're playing quality football, both sides of the ball, getting stops when they need to, getting turnovers when they got to, and they're scoring. So credit everybody a part of that organization for putting their head down, remaining humble, playing with pride, and not giving up like last year. Last year they gave up maybe by this point of the season. It was over. You know what I'm saying? It was it was an embarrassment. They were all over the news every week because last year they were in the media because we thought that Denver Broncos team had a lot of talent and they got Russell Wilson, new coach. It was it was dope, you know? And so of course, then we realized, all right, this team fucking sucks. There's no need for us to talk about them as much. And look what they've been doing for the last month and a half. You know, four and two in the last six games. You got to give credit. They're not fluking right now. They didn't. They they did beat a Minnesota team who has Josh Dobbs as their quarterback. If you want to say who didn't have Justin Jefferson playing, but Justin Jefferson, when he's out, the team wins. This is the first game they lose while he's out. They were on a five game win streak between Kirk Cousins and Josh Dobbs. So you know, it, it, there is no way to discredit this build this uh, Broncos team and and. You know, shout out to Rush, shout out to Coach Sean Payton, shout out to Cortland Sutton making great plays for that team. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Judy Brown boy over there. You know, Justin Sim is making big plays on third down. It's it's been a whole team effort, and I think that locker room kind of honed in on. Listen, man, we just gotta play football. We gotta do what we're good at, and I'm excited to see what this Broncos team can do for the rest of the season. I'm gonna pull up the rest of their schedule right now. They play. Listen to this. I'm looking at it. (laughs) They got the Browns. They got the Broncos. They got Chargers. I'm sorry. They got the Browns. They got the Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. So it's by no means an easy schedule. But we can also say they've got DTR. They're going to play DTR. They're going to play Brandon Staley's defense twice. They're going to play the Raiders. They're going to play the Patriots. You could say Mac Jones. You could say Bill Belichick's team, whatever the case. That's five win, very, very winnable games close to should win those games. That's five out of the last seven. Uh, excuse me. I'll go four because the Browns game next week, it's going to be tough. I think they have an opportunity to outscore that team because that's really all you got to do. Just put up. 20 points, and you probably beat the Browns. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, against Miles Garrett. But Gary putting up 20 defense. points on that Browns That's defense is, is, is the issue. Now, <laughs> four out of the last seven games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that are winnable, and then you add to the point that I can see them beating the Texans. What Lions team is going to come out, you know, on December 17th? And so they're in a good position right now. If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm a little hopeful not 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 necessarily about us making the playoffs per se winning the division definitely not but about us 
finishing this season strong and putting ourselves in position to guess what? Maybe we can make the playoffs. So shout out to the Broncos, man. They they got they got they got they got some things going their way right now. And if you're gonna beat the Browns, now's the time. I mean, fucking 13 points. Thir- 14 points would have beat them last week. Um, I don't share the same sentiments. I'm gonna be okay. honest. Well, I you're also a Chiefs fan. Let's let's keep that in mind. Oh no, I mean that's fine. I, like I told you, I don't hate the Broncos anymore or the or the Raiders for that matter. I could care. I, I'm worried more about NFC teams at this point in my Chiefs fandom. Who gives a fuck about the AFC? <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't share the same sentiment. Um, I don't think that divisional games are just winnable. I and I also think that that page, Bill Belichick finds ways to win games, and I think that Broncos game would be one of those games that he already has circled. Like, hey, I could, I could definitely, I got something for that team because that's Bill Belichick. I'm gonna tell you what Lions team is gonna show up in Detroit on December 17th. It's the Lions team that's eight and two and four and one at home. That's the Lions team that's gonna show up, led by Aiden Hutchinson and Jared Goff. That's the Lions team that's gonna show up. They're not gonna win that game. Browns game would be a toss-up. I felt up. funny when I was talking about the Lions. I had to do it, you know. I had to do it. Yeah, I felt <laughs> funny saying it. That's the Lions team that's going to show up. Um, I could definitely see Russell Wilson dropping one in Houston. I mean, they're 2-2 two and two on the road right now. And when you got one, two, three, four out of your last, what is it, six games on the road and you're – scratching 500 on a scratch-off ticket right now. I get it. You know, you're playing the Chargers twice. You got to pay the Patriots who, you know, <laughs> I guess it's – if you're going to – like you said, if you're going to beat the Browns, this is the time to beat them. If you're going to beat the Patriots, it's probably the season to beat them as well. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's – we've seen what has been going on in Denver for the last couple of years. Shout out to Sean Payton. Shout out to Russell Wilson. Like, I'm not saying get rid of Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say Russell Wilson is washed by any means because, obviously, they're on a four-game win streak, and they're doing what they got to do, winning the last, what is it, five out of eight games, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not going to go as far as to say Russell Wilson's washed, get him the fuck out of the NFL. Absolutely not. This is someone that's proven and will continue to – to work hard and, you know, do what needs to be done to hopefully put his team in a winning position. But at the end of the day, this is the Denver organization. And as much as of an easy schedule as it looks like, again, I'm not going to count the Patriots out. I'm not going to count the Lions out. I would definitely count the Chargers out, but I do have the Chargers winning one of those games. Which one? Can't tell you. Don't care either, to be honest. That's how I feel about Denver at this point. That's fair. Let's take it over to the NBA and talk about this in-season tournament because I believe that the group stages are done, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Or do we still have another week of that? I, listen, it's the first year of this in-season tournament thing, so I'm still... still <laughs> yeah, I'm we're still... Figure, you know, Steph Curry, we're not all Steph Curry. He's like, you know, it's simple. All you got to do is this, this, that, the third, this, that, and the fourth, this, that, and the fifth, and that's it. Listen, bro trying to figure this shit out now nah, tomorrow um in-season group play returns okay so we got uh the bucks celtics kings lakers uh i think the heat are also undefeated 
in that group play. Because uh, the Heat lost to the Bulls, which super embarrassing, that Heat lo- losing to the Bulls there. But, no, the Heat are also 2-0 and in uh, group play. So, yeah, mm-hmm. shout-out to those undefeated teams, Timberwolves, Kings, Heat, Lakers, Celtics, Bucks, Bucks Pacers. Five hundred K on the line. I mean, do you have a favorite? Do you have I mean, outside of the Heat who are also undefeated? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean to be honest, like I could see so I could I could see LeBron winning this thing, right? Like the competitiveness that he plays with the when the stakes are highest, you know, who who's at their best. That's LeBron. You know what I'm saying? And they're undefeated through two games or three games, excuse me, in group play. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. That's, oh, my God. I just know that as a Heat fan, I've seen us win with LeBron, and I've seen us lose against LeBron in championships, right? So what you can't say is that LeBron don't show up. You can only say that about the 2011 finals uh, and and no more. So – yeah, I mean, shout out to the Lakers. I think the Lakers have a good chance of winning this in-season tournament. Do I root for them, and do I care if they win it? No. Um, but I also think, to that same point, whether you think I'm being biased or not, that the Miami Heat have a good chance to win this because, one, their group uh, is favorable, and two, it's 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 that it's that extra competitiveness. You know, you want dogs. Like, for something like this, you need dogs. And if it ain't Braun... And who other than Jimmy Butler and the goons in Miami were the Kendrick Perkins? Shout out to Kendrick Perkins, right? So um, call me biased or not, I think I think the uh, the Heat have a good chance. Um, and then I'll just give a third team. I know you didn't ask me all this, but the Timberwolves, you mentioned to me earlier, they're undefeated at home right now. That Timberwolves team looks real good. They beat the Knicks by 17 tonight. Anthony Edwards had a solid game, 23 and 10. Um, and so... I think they'd be another good candidate to uh, to possibly win it all. What what do you think, bro? I think it's tough. I think I think I think the fact that they are taking into consideration point differentials, so you get kudos for blowing teams out yeah. of the water, you know, and winning by 15, 16, 20 points is actually favorable. Like it, it gives you more of an advantage moving forward. Um, is Actually, one of the cooler things, you know me, I'm a big soccer fan, and there's a bunch of different cups and different tournaments within the club season. And that's what this kind of feels like, which is pretty neat. Obviously, there's an extra incentive, half a mil. I'm sure that if LeBron wins, I could see LeBron winning and then donating that his half a mil to charity or some shit like that because that's the type of thing that LeBron would do. Honestly, probably give it back to the school. What he would probably do. I do like I do like his I, I think I'm I'm with you. I, I like I like the Lakers specifically in this in season tournament. Just the way that they've been playing and the way that they're just clicking on honestly all cylinders. They're winning. It doesn't always look pretty, but as we've said on the All Things Sports podcast once before, a win is a win, a dub is a dub, and we'll keep it moving, you know. I could yeah. see the Lakers winning. I could I mean knows I could see a Lakers Heat matchup sometime in you know this tournament which would be pretty cool. Do we know if the quarterfinals and stuff everything is one and done after the group stage, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Word, 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 word. It's gonna be interesting to see how they 
schedule it after the group stage? I mean, obviously we know when the games are going to be and things like that, but how like they schedule around it is going to be right, right. very interesting um, for me. So let me see. Let me see one second. You got <clears throat> group play. That's going to end on November 28th. So we got seven more days, you know, by t- it's now 12.04. Thank you, EP, for being here with me on this All Things Sports journey, uh, you know, working late after midnight. Um, on Tuesday, November 28th, that'll be the last game, the last days for group play. Um, knockout round, it'll be eight teams that advance from group play to the knockout round. And the team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups and two wild cards. So that's what it'll be. The knockout rounds will be single elimination in the quarterfinals. Played in NBA team markets on Monday, December 4th and Tuesday, December 5th. After that, it'll be the semifinals and the championship. Uh, and I believe that that will be taking place in Vegas. Right. So. Word. Yep. 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 We're going to learn. We'll, we'll learn about this more as, as the you know, season goes on. And it's going to be fun looking back in, in about four to five years to see where they've taken this in-season tournament and how it goes for the league, if it's been a positive thing, if it's been something that fans don't necessarily care for. Um, but I could only see this being a, a, a better thing, you know, there, because talking to you, you know, you like soccer, right? Uh, not to say I don't, but you're a big soccer fan. And NBA is a very global brand. So for them to have the reach in Africa, in Europe, you know, in Asia, the way they do, I think bringing a soccer-like vibe to it in the regular season can only, like, attract more fans that maybe weren't as big of fans or, you know, like, it's just more competition. So if you say no to more competition, that's 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 weird. Word up, word up, word up. And you know what? Let's keep it in L.A. LeBron, 37 points in the win over Houston last uh, last night. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. last night. Ooh, well, now, like you said, 12.06 a.m. on Tuesday, November 24th, 21st. We're speaking Sunday night in L.A. against the Rockets. Series, The season series is tied 1-1. They will see each other two more times, once in L.A. on December the 2nd, once in Houston on January 29th. But LeBron, again, 37 points in a win. It's Braun. The Rockets are 0-4 on the road. So for them to only lose by one point is also something that we probably I at least I want to highlight, you know, um yeah. with this Le- against this LeBron led team. I also want to highlight Austin Reeves coming off of the bench. 17 points. Ooh, 17 points, six rebounds, six assists, a couple of turnovers, two turnovers, but five or seven from the field, two of three from the three-point line, five of six from the free throw line. I love the way that, honestly, LeBron just plays with this kid. Pause. Um, he just looks, honestly, like a proud, like, like big bro. And I, I, I'm sure that he has conversations with Austin where it's like, bro, like you could really be one of those players. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it shows, honestly, it shows a kid that used to fucking deliver for, for DoorDash now playing 
<laughs> not playing James, with the, right? yo right like that's crazy and then it's funny. not only playing but contributing in a oh yeah very high performance oh, yeah. way you know what i mean i mean he, he, face- he, he earned a contract on a lebron james team so Absolutely. he got the stamp of approval and that's got to feel good if you're <laughs> like you really got to feel good about yourself if you're austin reeves and you know, you go into a summer where people are like, yo, we want you on our team. You know what I'm saying? We, you did that last year. Show us you could do it again. We'll give you this contract. And and it's funny you mentioned that as far as like Braun being the big bro to Reeves. Because last night or two nights ago now, when I saw them play the Rockets and I saw him do, LeBron did the little, you know what I'm saying? The little smoke. You know, he passed the blunt to Christian Wood. I, in my head, I don't know why I thought about it, but in my head, I'm like, yo, I don't think he would do that celebration with Austin Reeves. Like, I feel like he looks at Austin Reeves like, you know what I'm saying? You you my young, like, nah, we gonna, you, you the young and like, we gonna, you know what I'm saying, treat you the right way. So shout out to the Lakers, man. I, I think that they're figuring things out as they go. They're getting healthier. Jared Vanderbilt, you know what I'm saying? It still hasn't been an impact in the lineup yet. So um, it's just good to see them not struggling as much. They're at eight and six and, it is alarming that they only have a one-point win against that Rockets team, but to that point, the Rockets are playing the Warriors right now in the fourth quarter, four minutes left, and they're only down nine. So, you know, the Rockets are playing competitive basketball. It's not it's not the same Rockets team as last year. They added Dylan Brooks, they drafted uh, Thompson, and they also signed Fred Van Vliet. So they've added some players with Alperin Sangoon tonight. I mean, he's got 22 and 13 right now. Uh, so they, they've got some players over there. Uh, LeBron, by the way, also did score the game-winning free throw, free in, throw. That, in that game last night. So shout out to him. Jokic, by the way, tonight got ejected. It was – and and I think this referee epidemic needs to be – The saga continues. It's, it's sad, man. Like between MLB the, – the NFL doesn't have this issue as much. I think the NFL's issue is that – the sport as a whole is trying to be less violent. And so the refs are at that point kind of just doing their job. Like, look, the league says we got to call this. The league said that is a, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct play. You can't do that. You know, defenseless receiver, all that stuff. That's kind of more on the league. And the refs is like, you know, good cop, bad cop. They got to take the hit for that. Fair enough. But in basketball, where it's, like full discretion as a referee to call a pity pat foul or not in baseball where it's balls and strikes and the referees aren't or the umps aren't seeing it correctly. It's just it's just doing something negative to the sport. And, you know, they, they people are like in the comments saying the league needs to make the referees do interviews, do press conferences, right? And I mean, yeah, cool. We're going to see the referee after the game say, yeah, I fucked up. Uh, you know, it, it, my mistake. Nobody don't want to hear that shit. Nobody want to hear shit that out shit. you, bro. And guess what? <laughs> I got news for you, bro. The NBA and the MLB, they know. And the NFL, they know. They know the refs fuck up. And they know. They got eyes, sometimes, bro. Sometimes yeah. they fucking up because maybe they should be fucking up. And I'll leave that there. I'm a big sports fan. And I'm a big person of integrity and shit like that. So I, I try not to ruin it for myself. I don't like to get into the this is rigged conversation, 
But let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? We saw Tim Donahue. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't act like that's never happened again, you know? So there is that business within the business. Just act like you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, just act like you know. Come on, fam. You just Straight up. Act like you know. Straight up, straight up. Ugh. It's interesting because then the Nuggets looked really bad without Jokic for the rest of the night, and it just it did, it, things weren't the same after after they got him up out of there. A couple of things as far as college basketball is concerned. I was watching this Purdue Gonzaga game earlier today. Two top schools right now, and Purdue did come out on top. Uh, they are a part of a ticket that I have right now. I'm, live game casting the ucla marquette game i do need marquette to win this game to cash the ticket so definitely going to finish that once we get done here but there's still that weakness that purdue has with zach Eady. like they're lucky that gonzaga wasn't hitting shots this afternoon because if gonzaga yeah. was knocking shots down it would have been a totally different story because yeah. zach Eady can't guard <laughs> past like 10 feet from the rim bro because he's getting crossed up and then on top of that, pick and roll, they got to figure out with these Purdue players, you got to fight through these picks because if you switch with Zach Eady, he's getting crossed up 10 times out of 10 times. Like it, it's going to happen. Granted, offensive boards, defensive boards, he's there. But you're praying, you, if you're playing a low, you know, a low level school, then yeah, you know what I mean? All right, you can live and die with those with those shots. When you're playing a team like Gonzaga, when you're playing a team like Michigan State, when you're playing a team like Kansas, when you're playing these top schools that you'll see in the tournament, you know, Lord willing, you make it to the tournament and your conference play goes as it should. It's going to be a long night if if these teams are hitting shots and, and you can't fight through picks and you got Zach Eady getting, you know, Deron Williams <laughs> every mm. night with the two-step. Yeah. Boop, boop, out of here. Boop, boop, out of here. So they were very, very – they were and I was very fortunate that Gonzaga wasn't hitting shots because I'm watching this game and I'm like, yo, step out, Zach Eady. And then he steps right. out and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just don't. <laughs> maybe yeah. you do what and you get out. Hey, you know? like you said, they 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 got out of there versus Gonzaga today. You gotta give them credit though. You know, this is a team that beat Penn State. This is a team that beat Ohio State twice. You know, beat Rutgers. Um, and you know, with losses to Northwestern, Indiana, and Maryland, it looks a little, eh, you know, it looks a little shaky. Mm -hmm. uh, two losses to Indiana at that. Um, you know, but what what what's great about college basketball is that, listen, there's a long way to go, right? Mm -hmm. And March Madness is what, you know what I'm saying? March Madness is really what we what we striving for of course they want to win a big 10 championship of course they do and they're still fine like it's okay you know what i'm saying they're, they're sitting at what are they sitting at right now hold on they're sitting at the big on a four game win streak you know second in nebraska and i was just talking about nebraska to you before how they came out with that win tonight um Purdue's okay, and they'll they'll be fine. But I I get what you're saying. You know, they have a higher standard, and and they need to start playing up to that. So, I think uh, I think with with a couple more weeks and and some more times, uh, some more time, they'll they'll be all right. They will be. They will be. They will be. Listen, 
This was the All Things Sports Podcast on this beautiful Monday night. We had a very, very, very outstanding Super Bowl rematch that we went over. The Heat stood on business tonight, went over that NBA in-season tournament. And like I said in the intro, I'm going to reiterate this. The Clippers figured it out against a very struggling Spurs team. So I don't really want, we're not going to talk about them today, even though I had to bring that back up. Catches here this week. Production still debating whether we're going to have a Thanksgiving episode. We'll get back to you guys on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all. You have know a what great I'm saying? Thanksgiving if we don't see y'all till next week, man. Thanks for rocking Absolutely. with us. We thank Absolutely. For if you were in the live chat, we appreciate you. Shout out to that boy Ray. If you're listening to us on, on all streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, SoundCloud, don't matter. We appreciate all the love that you show us. As always, I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, joined by your host, Mr. Heat and Five himself. See you soon, June Wade Julian. We'll see you guys on the next one.